Welcome in the Longhorn live stream. 24, well, what, 29 hours before Texas and TCU kick the thing off. TCU 9-0, number four in the country. Who had that one before the season? Texas 6-3, and 4-2 and two in conference play. Second huge opportunity for Steve Sarkeesian this year. You know, the Alabama game 2019. ESPN game day was in Austin. It was a wild scene. I was in Austin. Fox pregame show was there. Thousands of people lined up at like 6 in the morning to get into DKR. This time it's a night game. The Texas fans are going to bring it. There's a lot on the line. We're going to talk about all of that and recruiting. Again, I'm sitting in for Bobby Burton. He's been up and down health-wise. He's a little down this morning. He'll be all right. He's just a little under the weather again. So uh, I'm Jerry Hamilton, joined by Ian Boyd. Justin Wells is going to join us for a few minutes uh, here shortly. Before we get to the football, Ian, let's go ahead and throw this news out. If you're not on Inside Texas, and this is why you should be, uh, we just uh, published that Arch Manning is coming in for the TCU game. Uh, we kind of... Thought that might be possible this morning after a phone call. Justin Wells followed up, um, and Arch Manning will be on campus this weekend for TCU's huge, uh, for the huge TCU game and recruiting weekend. So uh, a big weekend just got that much bigger. Uh, Deuce Robinson, official visitor, five star uh, tied in, a couple of four star wide receivers, Marcus Deal, four official visitors, over twenty four and five star guys combined in the twenty three and twenty four classes. But let's start with the big game, Ian. Um, just out of the out of the gates, kind of out of the gate. What are your general thoughts headed into this game tomorrow? I think kind of the big picture thing I'm looking at here is that TCU is playing their eighth game in a row. They've been overachieving all year. They uh, they knocked Dylan Gabriel out of the game and faced Davis Bevel. Texas fans know how that's not the hardest thing. Uh, Adrian Martinez had to leave the game early. I know Will Howard gave them a, a good fight, but I, I just, when you don't game plan for Will Howard and you have to put him in in the last minute, and also he got hurt in that game as well. Um, Spencer Sanders was all beat up when TCU played them and they wore them yep. down, down the stretch. I think TCU is a good team. They've been they've had a couple of things break their way that have made them better than I anticipated them being, but I think they've been overachieving. I think they're tired. I think they're beat down. They got playoff talk nationally. They're number four in the rankings this week. They got to go into Austin in this buzzsaw of a game against a team that's confident. That's just pulled some monkeys off their back um, in Manhattan. Um, so I, I just, to me, this looks like one of those games where it kind of reminds me. Do you remember that game where Texas Tech goes into Oklahoma in 2008, and they've just beat Texas in a dramatic fashion, and then they beat a. Uh, I think they beat Oklahoma State in a hard-fought game, and then they go right. into, they go into Norman and just get their doors blown off. Yeah, I, I I'm not predicting that necessarily. I think if TCU gave Texas a game, that would not. But we always look at things from Texas side, right? When you look at it from TCU side, there's a lot to be concerned about here, just in terms of running out of gas. A smaller program, first-year coach, they don't have depth. They Quentin Johnson is a little bit questionable. D. Winters is out for the first half because of targeting. Um, this just feels like a game where they could, you know, they might be running on fumes. Yeah, we're going to get into this more. You know, I, I said in our Inside Texas roundtable, um, the guy that concern, you know, Quentin Johnson won't be 100%. He's definitely going to play. Um, the one, the guy that concerns me in this game is Darius Davis, Ian, at, because of the two punt returns for touchdowns, right? Um he just the speed is such a differentiator. He's a guy that can just flip the field, change the momentum. Um, and, and they have a very talented wide receiver core. How do you see the matchups working for Texas? The Texas secondary against the uh, TCU wide receivers, which will have multiple guys play in the NFL. Do you happen to remember Davis like his 40 times or track times out of high he school? Was a low, he was a low 4-3 guy. I think he ran 10-5 in high school. So he's been fast, fast since he was probably 14 and realized that this is when how you pick up your knees to run. He was fast. <laughs> he's, he's worthy fast. Faster. Faster than worthy. Okay. Yeah. So, yes. Concern. Um, I think on the outside, Texas is in pretty good shape. Um, Ryan Watts, I think, can give Quentin Johnston some issues. He's played very well this season. Yes. Right? Um, I believe Cook is healthier in this game. He practiced this week. He did not get to practice last week. He just kind of gave it a little bit of a go during the game. 
that's a huge plus for Texas in this game. This is the game where you needed Cook. Last week it was kind of, you know, if you don't lose Kansas State's receivers, you can probably cover them with Taff. Right. Uh, and they, <laughs> I think that bore out pretty well. They covered them except for when they lost track of them. Yes. These guys, you need athletes. Yes. So having Cook back is huge. Um, I think TCU, they're really, they do a lot of their past game damage on play action, um, which I think Texas has handled pretty well. They usually stay in front of that pretty well. Uh, they do it on, you know, screens, RPOs to the perimeter. Texas has handled that well because Watts and Barron on the perimeter have been very good. Their safeties play very aggressively against those. It's the Davis over the middle is kind of the concern. You know, how well do the linebackers track him? How well do they navigate? We talk about this every week. How do they navigate the challenge of tracking these inside receivers with the threat of the dug and scramble? And, um, you know, how well do they trade receivers in the middle of the field on those play action deals? Because this guy hits a seam and you're in trouble. Um, I I think Texas matches up pretty well. I think this is kind of Gary Patterson's – this has been his, probably his focus for weeks, for yeah. maybe a year actually. Yes, yes. Maybe since he was fired, he's been he's been planning how he's going to get them back in this game, or you know, um, I I think that's kind of that that's where that has to show up is in Texas not losing Davis on those middle of the field you know crossers on play action. I'm not sure if that's uh, Justin Wells or Lee Westwood joining us. It's uh, he, Justin, you look a little like Lee Westwood with that white Nike hat. But, uh, you know, we just got into some of the TCU conversation. Uh, your thoughts, health of the Texas team headed into the game uh, tomorrow? You know, I, I think the health is actually um, a little bit better than what we could have probably expected a couple weeks ago. Um, I like, I like uh, the news with Anthony Cook. Uh, I, I think I talked to Bobby on Tuesday night and basically said, you're going to have to keep Cook off the field. Like, this kid wants to play in this game. This is a big game. This kid wants that guy. that He wants to be on the field and helping out as much as he can. Uh, the health is a factor, obviously, but I, I think we saw, you know, I think with the season being closer to the end, practices aren't as physical. It's a lot more recovery, a lot more uh, meetings, a lot more install, a lot more, you know, walkthroughs and things of that sort and, and allowing guys to, to, to get healthier and, and get back to the right place. Um, I don't feel like Jalen Gilbo is going to be available. Uh, I'm unsure right now, but I, I, I don't think he's going to be a guy that they, they it's going to be able to play. Um, so it's 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 going to be one of those things The you know, um, <laughs> I think they're pretty healthy. Uh, but uh, we won't know for sure until uh, we go. We, we see a little bit of uh, warm-ups on, on Saturday evening. Sounds good. Hey, um, we're going to go back and forth on some recruiting and football stuff, but obviously I led in with Arch Manning's going to be in Austin. Um, you put that news out. We kind of talked about that this morning. We're both a little suspicious, right? And so uh, always. you can always – uh, because you're not going to know until the Mannings are ready for and everybody to know what their plans are. So, uh, kind of talk about that and your kind of your your point of view, your thoughts on the big weekend and recruiting. Because it's the it's a I think there's more talent going to be in Austin Saturday than there was for the Alabama game because it's a late it's a night game and some guys' seasons are done. Jerry, you nailed it. I, I if you would have told me a couple weeks ago this 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 visitor list would rival the Alabama game, I would have laughed. I would have called you a fool and, and, and it's, but it's just, it grows and grows and, and, and Arch Manning is the piece de resistance. You know, we, we've done a great job at inside Texas, Jerry, you have killed it on some of these visitors coming in and, and we've been keeping the, everybody updated for the last five, six days. And I think the Arch Manning news, uh, which I was helped out by Jerry as well. I think that pretty much put the, 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 the cherry on the top. Um, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be the same, <laughs> if you're selling the class of 2023 without the main guy, it wouldn't be the same. It'd still be cool. It'd still be a great experience. And I guarantee you T, uh, DKR would still be rocking. But now you get some of these recruits like an Anthony Hill, a JV and Tobiano, uh, you know, you uh, Peyton Bowen. You get these guys in and meet Arch and see Arch and talk to him and interact. And 
you might see a little spillover like we did after Iowa State when Colton Vosick went hanging out with Arch Manning. There's there, 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 there's some allure there. People want to play with a big-time quarterback, and, and he's bringing big-time talent. And so give the staff a ton of credit for, for being did uh, you know being vigilant in, in this. And, and so, um, I mean, man, Jerry, you and I have been on this for over a week. This list, it just got bigger and bigger. And, and at the end of the day, you know, this is what college football is about. This is what recruiting is about. You put yourself in the best situation, and that means game day is coming. That means you're playing a top four team in college football. And if you want to be on this stage, if Sark and Texas want to ascend and, and, and get over that, that hump and, and really assert themselves on the college football landscape, Saturday's how you do it in front of the crowd, in front of these recruits against TCU. No doubt. And I'm going to run off some of the names here for the uh, subscribers on Texas football. And if, if you go over to Inside Texas, you can read all about it. Uh, Justin, myself, Eric, Nalene, we've all been uh, putting out a lot of information on these guys. Malik Muhammad also confirmed this morning, right? So you have Arch Manning, Anthony Hill, Deuce Robinson, on three consensus five stars. John Tay Cook, Malik Muhammad. Um, you know, DeAndre Moore, the Louisville commitment at wide receiver. Jacoby Lane's an official visitor. USC. He's Martin, a ball player, Jerry. Who won't, who doesn't want to talk to anybody about this visit. What makes you wonder how much Texas is actually in the picture. Um, Marcus <laughs> Deal. Marcus Deal, top 100 guy in the country. Um, you, the list goes on. JV and Toviano, you mentioned. I mean, just up and down this list. Now adding in Jonte Cook, adding in Malik Muhammad, uh, Billy Walton, obviously. A lot of the commits will be there. Samaj Burrell. You know, Samaj Burrell is going to show up if Anthony Hill was going to be here. You know that. Darren Gillette. All those guys are going to be here. Leona LaFowle. It's a great commitment list on top of the targets. And then the other 2024s, which there's 15 or so, which will probably end up being more of the top targets for Texas in the 2024 class, including Daniel Cruz, a name that you're familiar with on Inside Texas, but maybe not on Texas Football YouTube channel. He's the top offensive lineman on the board in 2024. He's out of Richland High. Um, he's coming in for the second time this year. He's seen as a guy that has some Casey stuttered leadership and intangible toughness yeah. about him. So he's a guy that Texas really left. So it's a huge, huge weekend ahead. Um, let's hit on a little more football stuff now. Um, you know, one of the topics in our IT roundtable – um, is Bijan Robinson and possibility of getting invited to the Heisman ceremony, right? Where he right. will congratulate the winner, but it would be nice to be there. His best career game was last year at TCU, 35 carries, 216 yards, two touchdowns. I think he had two catches for 22 yards. Last week against Kansas State in the win, a 30-carry game, only the second time ever to go with TCU last year and over 200 yards at 209. What – what Ian? What do you? How do you expect Bijan the fair against TCU? To Justin, what do you think he needs to do to get the New York? I expect this game to go well for Bijan. Um, TCU plays same style of defense as Iowa State. I mean, they just they kind of just copy pasted it. Um, their their coordinator Joe Gillespie, I believe, he he kind of copy pasted it at Tulsa and then brought it to TCU. He's a good coach. I'm not trying to. They've done a really good job much quicker than I would have thought, honestly. Um, but they don't have Iowa State's personnel. They don't have the same quality of defensive line. They have a freshman nose tackle named um, – I don't know exactly how he pronounces it. I think it's funnier to pronounce it Demonic Williams. Yes. Um, yes. He is a demon out there. He's like 320 pounds. He's good. He's he's the reason that they're 9-0, honestly. I mean, he's not the best player on their team, but – he filled a role. They didn't have anybody like him left over from Gary Patterson. They really badly needed this guy to be as good as he is. I'm on a rabbit trail, though. They don't overall have the same personnel and quality in this scheme as TCU, as uh, Iowa State does. They've been run on by other teams. Sark has worked out over the last couple of years how exactly to run the ball on the style of defense. He has a lot of tricks for doing it. Um, my buddy Cody Alexander on Twitter recently did a little uh, – uh, thread on different schemes that Sark was running to attack this defense from Kansas State. So I think that this could be a huge game for Bijan. I mean, TCU is going to want to sell out to stop him, 
But a lot of times when teams do that, what happens is maybe they get a lot of two-yard runs, um, but then they also give up the 40, the 50, the 60-yard bursts because everybody's so pressed up on the line that when something's when they spring a leak, they get murdered. Um, and uh, I Bijan has been very good at that. I expect to see that. I also think Bijan has gotten a lot better in probably the back half of this season. Uh, I think from prodding from Sark at falling forward and pushing forward for tough yards in, in various moments when previously he would kind of try to dance and, and try to warm yeah. his way out, which was not really working. And also I think it exposed him to some hits that were helping him get dinged up. Yeah. I I think we, I think we see more patience out of him letting maybe that letting the hole develop a little bit more before he starts jump cutting and skip cutting around. Right. I mean, I think we've all noticed that. Um, By the way, demonic Williams, interesting. That ties in the recruiting. He camped at Texas. Texas almost offered him. uh, They just had a couple other guys committed and a couple other guys ahead of him, but that is a, uh, Tremendous evaluation from a kid out of Northern California uh, that if Texas offered would probably be in Austin right now, but that's how recruiting goes. You can't take them all. Justin, what do you think Bijan has to do to get to New York? I mean, is it 200 plus in this game and another win to get to the big 12 title game? How do you see it playing out for him? I I think we have to see the same Bijan we've seen for the last month. And look, Bijan's always playing at a high level. He does that on a weekly basis. You know, he puts his team on his shoulders But in the last three or four weeks, he's kind of gone to another level. This guy has has really he he you can just see the desire there. Him and Rashawn Johnson want this so much. And I I think that's why you get that 30 carry game at Kansas State, because that's what you needed. Uh, You know, that 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 that's that was the recipe to to get that win on the road that they so you know sorely needed. Right now, Bijan, I feel like I feel like it's a quarterback driven award. I feel like it goes to the best quarterback on the best team. Yeah, you got to rush for two thousand yards to get in the conversations of running back now. You, you, you do. I mean, I think Bijan. I agree. Bijan's already in the conversation, but you're right. It, it's got it's it's given to that type of player, and so I think Bijan finishes strong. I, I I think he's got the seat. I think he's going to have a seat at the Heisman ceremony. I I don't think he's obvious. I don't think he's the leader to win it right now. Uh, if he does something crazy over the next three games. That could change. But right now, uh, I think the seat's getting a little bit warmer. I think what you're seeing is almost uh, attrition. You're seeing a few players that had been up for a few days, a few weeks, people talking about, and then they come back to earth. And Bijan's been the consistent. He's been the one that, look, this guy should have been in the conversation from the start. He was not really regarded as much the first month after Texas had lost to Bama and Tech. Now Texas is winning more. That helps tremendously. You know that as well as I do. And so for Bijan, I think a, a great game, not so much 200 yards, but a great game in a win would probably would probably keep that that seat warm uh, at the, the Heisman Club, uh, the New York Club in, in Heisman. <laughs> hey, Ian, question. Um, when you look at TCU's schedule, they had Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and Texas Tech at home. Their road games – have been at West Virginia, at Kansas. But more than that, what's remaining for te- for TCU is Texas, at Baylor, and Iowa State. And outside of Oklahoma State's edge, guys, they're about to play the best, the top three defensive lines in the conference, in my opinion. I'm not sure if you agree with that. How good do you think the TCU offensive line is? Because they haven't played those best defensive lines, especially on the interior like they're about to. I, pretty good. <laughs> um, they uh, what I've noticed is that they are um, they're very big all the way across, but their tackles are a little heavy footed. Um, they are vulnerable to a pass rush. I, Texas, you know, it's the thing with <laughs> Texas is like a 10, 11 win win team this year if they had a they had a Joseph Osai or some other. No question. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, 
So that I don't know that te- how well Texas can take advantage of that, but they are, I think, a definitely a strong unit, but maybe a little bit inflated um, by what you're describing. It's a very different thing to run over Oklahoma this year. Everybody's doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and now to run over Baylor, Texas, Iowa State. Um, you know what? I, you say that, and it reminds me that Baylor and TCU often have this alternating schedule deal where Baylor has these good seasons when they get like Texas and Oklahoma and Iowa State at home. And then the next year they get them all on the road, and it's just a tough slog for them. It, it has corresponded with some of their best teams, but it, that makes a big difference. TCU has these seasons where uh, they'll play like 90% of their games in Texas. And that makes a huge difference. Like if you look at their margin in Kansas and in West Virginia, those are really tough games for TCU. It makes a big difference for these teams when they have to go on the road. Like yeah, whatever your, whatever your communication breakdown tendencies are, whatever your players are that are a little less veteran and reliable, whatever those little flaws are that you have on your team, they show up when you're on the road. Like the Texas's offensive line, their communication gets a little shaky on the road. Queen Ewers gets a little less consistent on the road. Um, so I think TCU's defense, what, what weaknesses we have seen are very likely to become extra apparent when they're facing the Texas crowd and the Texas offense on the road. They haven't, this is a test beyond anything they face this season. You bring uh, brought me right into the next question uh, for both of you guys. Quinn, to me, needs to have the Alabama-Oklahoma game accuracy in the intermediate passing game Saturday. Being at home obviously is going to help him. Um, what do you guys expect to see from Quinn versus TCU? I'll lead this one off if it's okay, Ian. Sure. I, we talked about this a little bit earlier this week. I feel like this might be a game Quinn thrives. You've noticed he plays really well at home. Um, and I think that's a factor. I think he's had that that stinker of a game that was in Stillwater and, and came back and, and looked really good against Kansas State. You know, and you and I have seen Quinn so much. Right. The bigger the stage, the better he plays. You don't have to tell him, hey, this is OU. You don't have to tell him, hey, number one Alabama's coming to town. He just knows. And and I think he he rises to that occasion. Now, granted, he's going to play the number four team in the country. He's going to play a team with a ton of confidence coming in um, and would love nothing more than to continue their playoff journey by beating Texas at home. I mean, that that would make their, their, their year in Fort Worth. But I think Quinn Ewers – I, I think he is poised for this. This is the kind of game that you get him at home at night in front of a great crowd. Uh, and and I think they face the tough defenses, most of the tough defenses already. I think they've gotten through the ones in the Big 12 that they needed to. I know Baylor's going to be pretty solid as well. But, the, you know, I, I think he's seen the, the toughest ones he's going to see. And so if they if they read that defense well – and if, if Gary Patterson has done a good job of just showing up to a few meetings and saying, hey, that safety right there I recruited, this is his tendency. You see that corner over there? His girlfriend, if she doesn't show up, he goes in the hole. He won't be any good. That defensive lineman over there, you double team him, he's, he's out of it. Inside zone, he's done. Like if you get a little bit of GP's influence in there, I just feel like this is a game that Quinn Ewers can really – really cement himself as having a great year his first year in Austin. Ian, how do you think Quinn matches up against TCU? How do you think Texas will attack TCU with Quinn? Um, I think this is a Jatavian Sanders week. Yes. TCU does a lot of um, – they play their linebackers back, but then they just kind of race to the ball, and then they have their safeties fill behind them really aggressively. Um, it's so it's one of those flyover three safety defenses, but they they'll play them pretty tight and they'll play pretty aggressively, and uh, they'll defer a lot of stress to Travis Hodges Tomlinson and their uh, ULM cornerback um, uh, might be Josh Newton, who's pretty good. So uh, Texas is going to get some one-on-one matchups outside. If they want to start hitting some post routes to Xavier Worthy, finally, this would be a good week to do it. Amen. Uh, 
But this is definitely a week where you can get Sanders matched up on a safety and kind of wrong foot him and get him open. I could probably do that anyway, but with how much these safeties are going to have on their plate worrying about Bijan Robinson, I think this is definitely a game where you could get Sanders involved. Like if this game is like a shootout, for instance, they get into a mode where it's like, hey, we can't just run the ball. we got to keep scoring. I think Sanders can end up with like a 10-catch, 100-yard kind of day. If they don't need that, then maybe he doesn't. If, you know, if they get out to a big lead and then they just try to run the clock out, then it won't be like that. But I, that, uh, that would be yeah. Uh, here's my thought on Quinn this week. What do you guys bet all week leading up to this game after they won Saturday night or starting Sunday? His thought has been, what would have, how different would the season have been if I didn't get hurt against Alabama? Now I have another chance with college game day coming to town against the top five team in Austin. There's not many times you get a second chance at this in the same season at home. I, what do you? What do you bet that's played into his thought process a little bit is what happens if you I did not get hurt against Alabama? How does that change my season? How does that change Texas season? I like I like your thought process, Jerry, but I'm going to disagree just because of the person Quinn is. I think he has thought zero about any of that thing that's happened behind that. Quinn is such a forward-thinking kid at, at such a high level at, at, with, with, a, with an acumen at quarterback. I just – it sounds good. And, and it would be motivating for, for somebody like you and I who, who wants – you know, finds that inner motivation to, to that you got to find for every game that Jordan did religiously, that Kobe did religiously. You find that, 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 that edge there. Right. I can see Quinn doing something like that. But yeah. him looking back at a game and wondering—he's a short memory guy for sure. Never does—he will He's never do memory. that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I hope he has it this week. I hope he has. I hope he has that motivation uh, this I, week. As long but, as it's properly focused, you know. Correct. Like, the, make sure you get the perfect timing on your handoff to Bijan. Don't be trying to, <laughs> you know, like, don't 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 be too much of a hero. This is still Bijan next year, you know. No doubt. Hey, Justin, I know you got to go in a couple of minutes. So let's kind of rehash this. Arch Manning coming into Austin Saturday. Um, Inside Texas broke that news a few minutes ago, 25 minutes ago. Team effort. Uh, yep, yep. And so just your thoughts on the big weekend. The four official visitors, I'm going to lay those out again. It's Deuce Robinson, five-star tight end out of Pinnacle High in Phoenix. He's a big-time USC Georgia lean over Texas, Oregon, and Alabama headed into this visit. Uh, then there's DeAndre Moore, the wide receiver out of St. John Bosco. Steve Sarkeesian loves to have that Southern California Phoenix footprint in recruiting at Texas, and he's going to always have that for the people wondering. DeAndre Moore is a Louisville commitment. He was at Georgia last week and at Texas this weekend. I think that's going to come down to which of those two schools really push the hardest for him. I'll be surprised if he signs at, at Louisville. I know there's been some confidence on the Texas side. They're dating back to early October. Then Jacoby Lane, Texas went out to see Deuce Robinson a couple weeks ago during the off week, and they offered Jacoby Lane uh, six four and a half, uh, 50-50 ball winner with great body control. He's almost like the 6'4 version of Jonah Wilson, who was committed to Texas at one time. He's a USC commitment. He's coming in town. Then there's Marcus Deal, um, big defensive lineman out of name and Forest, who likely is going to come down to Texas and TCU. He's been on campus at TCU twice this year. Also made an official visit last year in May. He was at the Texas-Bama game. This is his fifth and final official visit. Georgia's the third school still in it. So big-time official visitor weekend. Uh, Justin, your overall thoughts on, on, on everything going on with recruiting in Austin this weekend? Um, I, you know, it's funny. Before we knew Arch was coming, I, I kind of always thought, man, if Deuce Robinson's going to be there it, – it, if especially, you especially shot. when we saw Isidore Newman had a bye this week in the playoffs. I mean, that's when I was like, come on, man, this guy's got to be coming to Austin. Right, and it wasn't like we weren't checking earlier no. in the week either. It wasn't looking good earlier in the week. No, and so not. if you're going to bring in a Deuce Robinson, you got to bring in Arch. because and, De- and, and DeAndre Moore and Jacoby Land and Jaden Greathouse. I mean, yeah. all your three receiver targets at the high school level are all here this weekend. You're stacking chips. You're stacking yep. chips is what you're doing. You're you're pushing everything to the center. That's it. it. It's the it's the quintessential all gas no breaks. Hey, hey, Ian, Ian, 
Sark's throwing deep this week off the field. <laughs> he's, he's going deep every time. This every time the uh, Archer receives a snap in recruiting this weekend. Okay, that's the way I'm describing it. Go ahead, Justin. Yeah, it, it's a with. Du- I feel that way with Deuce. I feel that way with DeAndre. You know, don't know as much about Jacoby, but just I watched the tape and it's like that's a no brainer. Yeah, and you def- they definitely want. I think they want that guy, an outside guy with that length and that size. You know, I, I think that, that that's what makes this helps this offense go. But to me, you know, those are impressive official visitors. But the unofficial visitors, there's a lot going on there. Let's talk Jaden Greathouse lightning round. Jaden Greathouse is a guy that didn't make the trip to Notre Dame last weekend. He was supposed to go take that visit. It's given the Irish a little pause. They still have a little bit of confidence on that side, but. After Colton Voschick flipped this week, there's a little bit of smoke that Great Houses is looking a little bit harder at Texas. And I think this weekend would be a great opportunity to try to, to, to gain momentum in that in that regard. JV and Toviano, I mean, if, if he doesn't have, I'm going to come to Texas, I'm going to visit Austin this weekend, trademarked, he has failed as a businessman because that, that, that man has done that. And look, and I say that all in fun because you and I are giant fans of Jamie um, and Tobiano. Yes. I, I, love actually like, I actually like that you don't know what he's doing. Oh, none of us do. I love because it. Because he's not uh, trying to trick LSU anymore. a lot, so we know they lead. Right, right. And he's not trying to trick. Well, while no. often a lot of kids try to mislead or give you inaccurate information or accuse you of lying when right. we clearly aren't, J.B. <laughs> and Tobiano will never do that. He's right. above that, and that's what I love about that kid, getting him on campus. And you know he's kind of a flavor of the month, too. You you get him in the right circumstance and the right timing, you might jump yourself back into that one. We haven't mentioned Bravian Rogers. I that's love nice. his length in the secondary. This defense needs length in the secondary and athleticism. I think Bravian Rogers offers that. And so the, the, the list is just it, – it's like goose from Top Gun. It's long and distinguished. <laughs> hey, and, and here's right the funny now, thing. <laughs> I can't wait for us to, to – I can't wait for tomorrow, man. Tomorrow morning inside Texas, people don't understand. We have so much coverage coming. We have so much stuff we're going to be doing all day long. It's going to be a free-for-all. If you're a Texas fan, that's the only place to be this weekend, people. Total, totally agree. And here's the deal on Bravian Rogers. Well, this is where this is interesting is who does he get to talk to? Anthony Hill. Why'd you decommit Monday? Nobody was expecting it. What caused you to do this? One AM commitment to a guy who was committed to AM. I think that's very interesting because the Anthony Hill recruitment, let's talk about this real quick before we get back to football. I've been told by everybody, he AM, Texas, whoever, everybody was surprised he decommitted Monday. It was not nobody was expecting it to happen on Monday. Justin, I know you went by Denton Ryan earlier this week. Kind of what did you gather other than his little brother is, uh, uh, is, is, is big in the Texas corner, right? But uh, what did you kind of gather from that? Because that was an unex- it was not unexpected that he was wavering and was likely going to decommit. It's it was unexpected. Yeah. It was the timing. Well, first things first, the, the, the thing about Anthony is, you know, I hope he gets healthy. He's got a deep thigh bruise. He's going to miss the first round of the playoff game. The Denton Ryan coaches want him to get healthy. Uh, he's been dealing with this since week two. I talked to his dad as well, and, and they just want him to get right. And so, but that gave me an opportunity to literally sit over and talk to him for over an hour. We just, we chopped it up about everything. And, and, and what you learned was it was a little bit of a surprise, but Anthony had been thinking about it for a while. Yeah, and he wanted no to make absolutely sure that AM understood how much he loved and respected that staff. He, he really does. And, and that's because Anthony's a really good kid. That's just yeah. the way he that's just the way he's been programmed. He's been trained well. And so to me, the biggest thing is one is Chris Gilbert. You know, Sarkeesian has a good relationship. He likes Coach PK. He is close to Chris Gilbert. I didn't realize how close. And that's a connection there that I think is going to help Texas in this recruitment. Um, I didn't realize, you know, you you assume Jatavian Sanders and Austin Jordan, you know, former teammates are in his ear. It's not just those guys. He is really close friends with Ryan Watts. They've been close since since he was in fifth grade. Um, Savion Red is another guy that he's close friends with. I believe they played with True Buzz uh, in seven on seven with Xavier and Bryce as well. He's getting a full court press. And, you know, some kids would be a little pushed off by that. You know, it it would almost be too much. I think Anthony loves it. I think he's soaking in it. I I think he appreciates that 
he knows he would show up in Austin. He knows he can play early. That's a big thing for him as well. He feels like he could fit in that system. And at the end of the day, don't be surprised if Mr. Landon Hill has a Texas jersey on Saturday. <laughs> I think that'll I think that'll absolutely happen. Did you ask him at all about kind of Jalen Ford's season, kind of his emergence and kind of the player development part of that? Did y'all get into that? I, I, I asked him and he, he admitted he hadn't seen as much. He's he did see the last two games and he saw kind of what Jalen and DeMarvion had been doing. But that was one of the reasons. Remember, he scheduled this visit before he decommitted. That's right. That was one of the reasons he was coming in this weekend. This was before he decommitted. He wanted to see how they how they look on, on in front of his face. He told me, you know, we posted you and I posted a really uh, uh, like almost two thousand word recruiting humidor this morning. We absolutely killed it, and we posted some of his quotes. and And basically, he had broke down that he wants to see the development. He's seen it on television. Now he wants to see it in person. He's got some bonds with some of those coaches and players that he wants to to get back together. He wants to see those guys again. And so I think he just wants to – he wants it in front of him. Anthony is a pragmatic kid. He's been recruited for four years. He has gone through this process, and he's handled it in a very professional fashion. And so I, I think he just wants to see it firsthand. He, he admitted he hadn't seen as much of it, but he said, you know, the last couple of weeks they've looked really good, and he goes – I need to go down there and check that out. He goes, I see development. I, I see that core, that defense playing together. And he said, you know, that's something I, that, that matters to him. And you and I have covered Anthony for so long. And that was the, like the staple of his recruitment was going to be how good is that defense? Jerry, that's why he committed. That's one of the reasons he committed to Texas A&M. It was all those defensive talented guys they brought in from the last class, the guys that they had coming back. Anthony thought, I'm going to go in in the mix with a, with a top-line defense and seeing how far they fell off, mentioning that, you know, maybe Mike Elko, that's a big – that looks to be an even bigger loss than I think people expected. And 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 that really – that hit home with Anthony. And so at the end of the day, he, he sees a little bit of development, but he wants to see it in person. He wants to see it firsthand. And I know Anthony, he wants to be in that crowd. When it kicks off at six o'clock and it's loud and crazy because he's had Ryan Watts telling him how much he's missing. He's got Austin Jordan teasing him about how much he's missing. He's got former assistant coach Alex Delatore reminding him that Denton Ryan can be U University of Texas U with the history of the players that have come from Denton Ryan. And so at the end of the day, I think Anthony just wants to see the, the proof in the pudding. I, and for the subscribers, everybody tuned in, just remember this in, in recruiting. I think it's lost a little bit right now because we're in the NIL day and age, right? Players recruit players. And that is maybe – that's to me has always been more important than the player, assistant coach, recruiting coach, uh, head coach relationship in the recruiting process. And we mention those relationships with the coaches all the time when we write articles on Inside Texas because that's a – uh, those are very important, but players recruit players. And that's very important moving forward at Texas because, uh, look, here's here's the, here's the in a nutshell. Texas has a fun brand of football. Yes. Um, if players start being developed as they are, the defensive lines where you can look at, Jalen Ford, who we're going to get into that conversation uh, with Ian in a couple of minutes, but you're seeing a fun offense, and everybody loves offense. Anthony Hill ran for a 90-yard touchdown this year. And you and you see player development. Texas becomes a dangerous program again when they start winning, a very dangerous program. And, and if the players, the Ryan Watts transfers in, he's having his best year, better year than he had at Ohio State. The freshmen are playing. They're happy. Um, now Anthony's going to be in this environment with Arch and all the other recruits there. Players recruit players. Just remember that. Um, Justin, I, I know you got to get running. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and we'll talk to you tomorrow, my friend. Absolutely. Nothing but love. Hey, hey Ian, I'll holler at you later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ian, um, let's move into Jalen Ford now. Um, we both picked him to be the, the guy that has to have a great game Saturday. Talk about kind of his development because, you know, he didn't have a great game against UL. Him. He didn't have really good first couple of series against Alabama. But since then, one could argue he's been the best player on the Texas defense. Yeah, <laughs> he's been excellent. 
they ask a lot of him in coverage at times. Um, if he's the leading tackler, some of that is a function, you know, if he plays behind Keonja Coburn and Morosian. And they're playing much better, yes. <laughs> right. And the, the design of the scheme is, is such that those guys end up, you know, getting doubled a lot while Jalen Ford runs free. But, I mean, Texas has needed that guy that knows how to play behind good tackles and find the ball for years. It's been very sporadic that they've had that guy. Um, Ford, you know, he had a couple snaps in the Alamo Bowl that stood out to me where he just looked like the kind of guy with the the quickness, the lateral quickness, and the and the stout build to actually be good at Big 12 linebacker play, which is big on you got to be – really just modern football in general. You have to be very laterally quick, but you have to be thick enough to still beat blocks inside when you, when a lineman finds you. And Ford has just really been putting it together. He knows – he knows where to be. He knows how to find the ball. And his athleticism shows up in coverage. Both of his interceptions were um, they were of the of the variety that, you know, the quarterback kind of lost track of him a little bit on both of those throws. But as a linebacker, you have to be good at getting depth and hitting the right window to catch those. That's there's right. a reason there's a reason that not every linebacker benefits from those sorts of uh, you know, gimmies where the quarterback floats it out there. He's been terrific at those. He's around the ball a lot. He's a decent pass rusher when they blitz him, especially inside. And um, he's just – he's been exactly what they need this season. Uh, I, I i would like to study him a little more before I, I proclaim him to be like um, all Big 12 because I'd like to sort of suss out a little of the dynamic between how much is him and how much is him just being good at cleaning up what's there for him. But there's no question that he's doing exactly what they wanted him to do this season. Is uh, TCU the best offense when you combine talent wide out, talent running back, dual threat quarterback, which does give Texas issues? Well, you could argue it gives everybody issues, but I think Texas, this Texas defense. Is TCU the best offensive team Texas has played this year? I would say, I would say maybe Oklahoma State. Okay. Just because of uh, I don't know, it's really close. Oklahoma State's receivers are good. Texas faced, you know, a little bit of diminished core from them, but they got. I mean, Spencer Sanders played such a game against Texas. I think TCU has a better run blocking line than Oklahoma State. Agree. Uh, I, yeah, it's probably not close at all, honestly. And uh, Duggan and Sanders are kind of similar. They've they've been playing parallel with each other for like four years now, and they've had some s- similar careers. Honestly, I I think that Sanders is the better passing quarterback. I, I don't know. It's close. It's close. You could definitely make a case for it. Uh, so here's my next one. I think Ian. Adrian Martinez, and I'm not going to say a special ability. That's reserved for the Vince Youngs and the Michael Vicks of the world. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. He has an innate ability to not be sacked, right? How many times did you think Texas was going to get him last week and and they didn't get him? So my question is – Wait, wait, wait. Do you remember the play? He had a play like in the the fourth quarter, I think, in one of their drives where he's got the ball like – he's about here. And it was hit. In the arm and in the chest by, I think, Byron Murphy. Right. And he tucks it and holds on to the ball. And I couldn't believe it. I mean, I think he had three other fumbles in the game. Right. No, so it's not like he's like ball security master, but. That he's was hard to get, it's hard to get to the ground, right? I mean, he's got a, a, ability to innate ability to stay on his feet. Does Dugan have that same ability, or is he going to be easier for Texas to get to the ground if they get hands on him? Because I think Martinez is about as tough as it gets in that regard in the Big 12. Yeah, I think Martinez, I don't know what exactly it is, because Duggan is very quick. 
Right. Martinez might have a little more power. This one. I think so. I think that's what it is. You you see Duggan make moves on people, and he's very hard to catch. Um, but you also see him get taken down, I quite a bit more. I think Martinez has got a little bit more uh, power running juice to just kind of break out of tackles. Right. I so easier this week in that regard. And I think that's an important thing for Texas fans because look. If there's still the the biggest lingering question with Texas, and look, Texas is sending out these edits to recruits. The uh, the defensive tackle Justin Benton out of uh, Newton, Georgia, West Virginia commitment currently. He's going to officially visit Texas December third through fifth. He had an edit yesterday sent out by Texas. Texas leads the nation in uh, quarterback pressures on the defensive line, right? But for Texas fans, they want to see the guy on the ground still, right? I mean, there is a difference there, and Texas is selling the right thing, and I like where they're coming from. But Texas fans want to see quarterback on ground more. I mean, TCU's getting sick of seeing it this year, except they probably want to see it about five times Saturday. Um, So what do you think – is there anything Texas can do differently to get quarterback to ground versus pressure him? And how big of a difference do you think it is other than just getting behind the change and really changing momentums of drives early? I think it's more so that. Like against yeah. Kansas State, that game ended up coming down to uh, if they could stop Deuce Vaughn on first down, the Kansas State offensive line would really struggle in right. obvious passing situations. Texas, you know – I wonder how much of that pressure stat is just that they, they tend to get a lot of pressure up inside from the tackle pushing the pocket, and then the quarterback just gets away because the edge is not there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's an inflated stat if there ever was one, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of the ones – somebody pointed out that Texas was credited with some number of pressures against – it might have been Alabama. Yeah. It just sounded unbelievable. And I was like, well, they did pressure him a lot. And then I saw the number and I was like, no. There's a, it's like 80% of the snaps. You know? no, like every point guard says, hey, I need an assist. I passed it, and my, my teammate passed it. I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, there's that, the, the, I think that's the way people are formulating the quarterback pressure or the quarterback hurry here. Um, but is yeah, there yeah, – Bo Davis, Davis is working for PFF. <laughs> well, that, well that, that's, a, that's a great line. That's that's actually pretty funny. He should retweet them, uh, except he's not on Twitter much. But there that goes. But uh, is there anything – one, Texas can do better, um, other than the obvious. And two, how do you think they match up this week against uh, Duggan and the TCU offensive line? I yeah, I mean, first down, I think – I don't know how much more they can do to help the pass rush. They've tried a lot of different things this year. Um, it's not like, you know, they're just running out the most basic script every week. They try blitzing. They stunt these guys. They move them around. They uh, they have a lot of different tools that they've tried, and none of them are – it's just hard to replace the impact of having a great edge rusher. Yes. Um, so I they, they do a lot better when they can get a team in obvious passing situations. These Big 12 teams never have great offensive lines, honestly. It's always about running the ball from the spread and creating run-pass conflict and play action. All the spread teams are like that in the Big 12. For all their passing stats and how often they'll throw the ball at times, it's still about that run-pass conflict is how their passing game works. If you put them in obvious passing situations like Texas could, and you have as many athletes across the whole line as Texas has, you will get pressure. Maybe not sacks, but you will get pressure that's productive. So they, yeah, they need to really dial in to stop those first down runs that TCU wants to do or to not lose receivers when they mix in the first first down play action. And, you know, that's their best bet. I I think um, they can definitely cause some problems inside for TCU like they have against everybody with their tackles. I think Texas's edge blitzes, especially their defensive back blitzes, are some of their best. It's one of their best ways they have for taking advantage of tackles this season is when they bring Watts off an edge or they bring Bit, uh, Jedi Baron off the other edge just because those guys are fast and uh, sometimes they can come unblocked. They're both pretty good at it. So I they'll surely mix some of that in. I think those blitzes really frustrate people when you watch them, especially if the quarterback sniffs them out. But that, some, of those, some of their best tools. 
You know who has a knack for that? And uh, I'm going to ask you how much Texas will miss Jalen Gilbo in a game like this. Because I think Gilbo's a guy that has a knack for blitzing from the nickel position, even from the corner position. I saw it in high school. He's a physical kid who relishes contact. How much do you think Texas misses him in a game like this where they could actually move Jade Barron out the corner if a Deshaun Jamison's injured or something? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, actually wrote that down when Justin mentioned that earlier that we needed to come back to that. That uh, not having Jalen Gilbo definitely hurts in this game because you just lose you just lose a lot of flexibility with you know moving Barron around or spelling Barron. Um, God forbid it should matter, but if they don't have him, then Taffy Taffy becomes your your backup nickel or Blackwell, who they used against Kansas State. Mm-hmm. And Blackwell, I don't, I think that's a really interesting position for him. But as we saw against Kansas State, he's not really there yet on the coverage side of things. Right. He was. You could see him just like spot dropping and then looking around, like, okay, I got where <laughs> I'm supposed to be. Now I need to figure I out. <laughs> I don't what, see anything. What do I see? Yeah, and then and then Deuce Vaughn is running is running around. That just learning to use your eyes and process all that information so that you're multitasking with your drop and it, it takes time. So and this is a tough team to do that against. So maybe we see Blackwell there, but uh, yeah, it's a tough loss. It's a tough loss for them. Hopefully that doesn't matter too much in this game, but. If, if things go awry in the second half, I wonder if it'll be something like, uh, you know, a corner was hurt and they didn't have Gilbo and they ran out of options and they had to stick some guys out there that didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, and Ian and I will make our picks or tell you what our picks were on the Inside Texas Roundtable. If you're not a member of Inside Texas, jump on over there. We broke the Arch Manning visiting news uh, this morning along with other a lot of other recruiting stuff this week. Um you know, uh, just a little recap on the recruiting front here. We got about ten minutes left. Arch Manning come into the town. Uh, Inside Texas broke that four official visitors. For those wondering about recruiting that are maybe late getting into the show today, um, that's Deuce Robinson on three consensus five star tight end, um, who's a USC and Georgia lean heading the visit. Uh, then you have Jacoby Lane, wide receiver committed to USC that Texas offered. I believe that was October twenty seventh. Um, DeAndre Moore, who's been a top target of Sarkeesian for a while, the Louisville commitment, the wide receiver out of St. John Bosco, who visited Georgia last weekend. He's in this weekend. Marcus Deal, one of the top defensive linemen left on the board out of naming force. He's in this weekend. Probably going to come down to Texas and TCU unless he decides he wants to go to Athens or Athens decides they want Deal. Um, so those are the four official visitors. But the unofficial visitor list, ton of commitments we we put out this morning. John Tay Cook, Malik Muhammad, all those guys are expected. But then there's Jaden Greathouse, wide receiver from Westlake, committed to Notre Dame. Then there's Colton Vosick. And Justin and I didn't get a chance to go back and forth. This is Colton's first weekend recruiting for the University of Texas after being committed to Oklahoma for a long time, which is – that's so funny because it's like an assistant coach just changing jobs, right? And I am, I'm wearing my Sooner gear, come be a Norman, come play for me, and now you go to Austin and get a, and get a better job, and you go to Austin, now you're recruiting for Texas two weeks later. So Colton Vosick is now recruiting for the Longhorns, even though it'll be a little easier for him. He grew up in Longhorn gear. But tons, JV and Toviano, Bravion Rogers A&M commitment. All those guys, Anthony Hill, are in town tomorrow – for the Texas TCU game. And this visitor list is Eclipse, the Alabama visitor list. And it's twofold. The Alabama game was at 11 a.m. Texas is 6.30 at night. And also some high school guys, season is over or playoffs have now began. And all those games are Thursday, Fridays. Texas did not get hit by a Saturday playoff game except the kid Tyler Scott um, at Pebble Brook in the Atlanta area who has a game Saturday night. He was going to make an official visit to Texas this weekend. That will be backed up until December. We don't have that date. Another one we need to mention we didn't talk about, Jelani McDonald, former Oklahoma State commitment, who has scheduled his official visit to Texas December 17th. He's in town as well. His father played at TCU for Gary Patterson. LaMarcus McDonald was a really good linebacker. LaMarcus McDonald also played in high school at Waco High with Derek Johnson. So maybe Texas has a couple of things going for him there. This will be his second unofficial visit to Texas. Then he has the official visit. TCU just waited the offer until late last week, which I think is interesting in McDonald's recruitment. What you got, Ian? McDonald. I was trying to remember that player for TCU. I could only remember a McFarland. 
Yeah, yeah. LaMarcus McDonald, really good linebacker, played at Waco High with Derek Johnson. You think that was a good linebacker core? I mean, at Waco High, pretty good, right? I mean, and Gary Patterson obviously coached LaMarcus McDonald at TCU and recruited him. What do you think about Vosick's ability to play as a freshman next year? Well, he's an early enrollee, and I think that's a great question. I think physically and technically he's way far advanced than most guys. Yeah, I think getting in in the spring is going to get him on the field. And obviously, I think he's going to be battling Justice Finkley on that side. I mean, I think that's kind of where he's going to play. I think he's going to be good against the run. Uh, I think he's got a motor that doesn't stop. I mean, number one, right, with defensive linemen. And we talked about uh, – we call him demonic. Obviously, it's Dominic Williams, uh, the freshman at, at TCU. He has the motor. He has the motor. I mean, it, he may be six foot and he may be 290 and he may not have tested as well as other guys. And that cost him getting some offers from Texas and other schools. But he's got the one thing you can't coach. He's got motor and also his hand strike is pretty good for a young kid. But he's got a great motor. I think Colton Vosick has that motor. I think he's got that physicality that you need that's going to be transferable. Uh, immediately to the, the Power 5 level in spring football at Texas. If you look and see kind of the impact Justice Finkley has had as a role player for Texas, I think Vosick's advanced beyond that coming out of high school um, compared to Finkley, and that's not a slide on Finkley. I just think that's a kind of a tip of the hat to Vosick. Look, he plays for his father. He's a D-line coach who was a, uh, a defensive lineman at Texas. Um, so he's a technically advanced kid. And, Ian, to answer your question, I think he's going to have – I'm not saying he's going to have an impact freshman year and have eight, 10 sacks. I think he's going to be an impact player and that he's going to be able to play 15, 20 snaps a game. Because you figure that next year they just, you know, Finkley, Burke, Tap, yep. Sorrell back, PK's development in a redshirt year or just a year of development for a lot of those guys. That they're, they probably fill out the core of that group just with those guys returning. But yeah, no I watched nope. him against Lake Travis and uh, I mean, I, that game for sure, you see exactly what you're describing. Just you don't always see like this unreal five-star athleticism off the edge. Correct. But you see him whip guys with his hands a lot, and you see him every single freaking play. Yeah. He's getting in there. He's swatting the ball. I think he forced like two fumbles in that game or something wild. He might have picked off a pass. He's just always around. So, well, it, 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 for a young defensive lineman, you know what he does well? And I'm not comparing him at all. Please, Texas fans. The Bosa's, because their dad played in the NFL and coached, they played with arms extended every single snap, right? Vosick's got that arm extension. He's not that level guy like Joey or Nick, so don't get me wrong. But I'm where I'm drawing the similarity is those guys have great extension at a young age. They understand extension. They understand hand usage. And that's where Vosick's leaving Westlake. He's headed to college with a couple of really key things technically that the, a lot of the raw players have to be taught and then have to be able to apply to the field. You don't have to do that with Vosick. He comes in ready to roll from that standpoint. And by the way, the early enrollee class with Vosick now in the fold, we'll see what happens with Anthony Hill, who's an early enrollee. It's almost a top 10 class in itself. I mean, we, we'll get into that, I'm sure, Tuesday, but Arch Manning, Cedric Baxter – uh, Jonte Cook, I mean, Malik Muhammad, there's a lot. Sadir Mitchell, who I think is going to be a true impact player at Texas next year. The early enrollees are going to have a huge impact here in the spring for Texas. But again, we're here to talk more about the Texas TCU game. Ian, um, I'm going to go back to the first question. Just your general thoughts, because I know we have people join at different times of the show. Your general thoughts on Texas TCU uh, now, what um, – I don't know, 28 hours till game time. Yeah, I will say I just pulled up the Alito versus uh, versus Din Ryan to watch a little more of uh, Anthony Hill and how he looks as a senior. But uh, TCU, sure. <laughs> um, I think that TCU is a run-the-ball, stop-the-run kind of spread team. They've played – this is their eighth game in a row to play. They've not been as good on the road as they've been at home. They've been a little lucky with the quarterbacks they've faced. I maybe made their own luck a little bit with some of the injuries that they've caused against these quarterbacks. I think that the the pressure of the playoff rankings and being ranked fourth is kind of tough for a program like that. Um, it's just a lot of emotions. That's a lot of attention. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of focus on a team that's a little beat up, that's missing their top linebacker and pass rusher in the first half because of targeting. 
whose star NFL receiver's got a, a bum ankle that he'll be playing on. Um, and I, I just think that that all adds up to, I, I just, in my experience when teams of that, of that level, you know, in terms of like their recruiting level and their status as a program, when they get into these uh, high pressure, big time games like this, just how often do they just not, they just don't have it, right? How often do they finally get to that moment that they've built for and they just don't, they're on fumes, they're running on fumes and they just don't have what it takes to get over the, to get over the, the edge. I feel like it's pretty common. I think, Ian, I think that's a great point about this game. I think both teams are pretty much the same in that regard, except TCU's got more pressure. They have game day interviewing the players for the first time. But this is a huge game for both programs right now because TCU can lose the game and still go to the Big 12 championship and have a great season, right? They're 9-0. and But if they win this game, suddenly they real have real pressure the last two games in the Big 12 title game, right? But at the same point, Texas expectations are now back to being a team that people think can be in a playoff picture next year, fair or not. So this is a huge game for both of these programs. TCU has a chance on a national stage, which they don't get many of, fair or not. Uh, Texas is accustomed to the national stage, but now is at a point where what's going to be talked about? Texas almost beat Alabama. They lost by a point. Quinn got hurt. They were looking good. Now they get a second shot at it. And look, the reality is if Texas wins this game, I think these teams are going to play again in, inside a month. Um, so that's interesting how that'll play out. But uh, Ian, what's your thoughts on I think there's tons of pressure or not tons of pressure. It's a huge game for both programs. So we've talked about the recruiting, but for the Texas program, if they win this game, the national perception changes immediately. Yeah. I don't know that this is um, in terms of like the fatigue on the team. I don't, I, Texas is probably up for it. I would think because right. yeah, like you said, I mean, they've been facing this is this level of scrutiny is pretty common for this team at this point. You know, they had the Alabama game. Every time they lose, they're the only, they're the biggest draw in a city metro area of like 3 million people, right? 2 million people. And they're the talk of the town. So I, I think that, the, the pressure and the stakes actually benefit them. They tend to they tend to show up a little more in these games, you know, and then they and then they maybe they blow the sort of tough game that, that didn't have as much attention on it. So, um, well, what was your question again? <laughs> Just how it had the pressure on both teams. I mean, it's a monumental game for both programs in a way. Yeah, I, I think that that I think that that'll benefit the home team. I it's, do too. I know that they're favored, but. Um, you know, there are some games where it's like the home team has a lot of advantages, but they have all the pressure. Texas, I think that the, the ways in which there's a lot of pressure on Texas to win this game are positive. It's like, hey, you can't slip up here because if you do, the Big 12 race is going to get real dicey for you. Um, you know, hey, this is your chance to redeem your failure to pull off a big upset win at home earlier in the year, etc. Whereas the pressure on TCU is is like, you know, how are you going to handle all this attention? How are you going to handle all this national scrutiny? Um, by the way, if you lose, it's probably okay, you know. So live it up and enjoy the moment and then maybe don't spend that extra time in the film room or the training room that you should be. I'm not – I mean, I don't have any inside info. I don't know that that's happening at TCU. But to me, it feels like that that's, that's the nature of this. Those are the dynamics that I expect to be at play. Jimmy Jimmy Trevino question before we get to our picks. With a win Saturday night, chances Texas has a top two class in 2023 plus Big 12 title or both. Um, I think with a win, I think I can see Texas having a top three recruiting class. I, I really believe that. I think it just takes Texas to another level. And Texas, I think with a win, is going to end up in the Big 12 championship game. I know there's certain tiebreakers and blah, 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 what has to happen. But I just think if Texas win this, wins this game, they're going to go on and play in the Big 12 title unless something catastrophic happens injury-wise. Um, now it's that time, Ian. Let's make our picks. Um, I'll go first. I'm going to let you end it. Um, I believe I went with 41-33 Texas. And – I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I, I I don't know how good TCU's defense really is. Uh, they haven't 
They've played on the road against Kansas, West Virginia. This is going to be a totally different environment with total different pressure. As you said, D winners out in the first half. Um, I think Sark's going to dial up some, some really fun plays, the fans. Um, so I'm going 41-33 Texas. Um, but I think the key, if Texas plays a clean game offensive, that doesn't mean they can't have one turnover. They don't need to have a turnover in their own red zone. I'll say that, or early in the possession. But if they play a relatively clean game on offense and don't waste possessions, I think they're going to come out on top. What say you? Yeah, I think that's a big one. Uh, with the, I, I think I mentioned that in my roundtable thoughts that if this. I think Texas can win this game in the trenches. The where it goes bad for them is if they Quinn Ewers has a couple picks or they have some mistakes covering up a Duggan scramble or a, a Darius Davis shot or something. I picked. <laughs> Texas, uh, I think I had 42 to 27. Yep. Uh, I think they have just a lot of advantages their way. I will, I think I've said this already in this show, but if TCU gives Texas a really tough game, that will not shock me. Right. But I see a lot of factors that I've tried to explain that, that could point towards Texas just kind of knocking them down a peg and, and really putting them away and not letting them get back up. I was going to share Justin's, but I don't actually – I don't have them in the email. I didn't see I, I know he picked Texas when I think it was 41-35, I'm pretty sure, right around there, 40-34. He was in that area code. We got most of the balance right. I know Bobby – Bobby picked TCU, so that for Texas fans, that's probably people that are on the on Texas football uh, YouTube. They're probably happy to see that Bobby picked TCU to keep the string going. Um, but, again, uh, TCU-Texas, 630 Central – ABC, huge visit weekend. Inside Texas broke the news that Arch Manning will be in town along with 25-plus four-star and five-star prospects in the 23 and 24 classes. For Ian Boyd, I'm Jerry Hamilton. You've been listening to the Longhorn live stream. Have a great weekend, and we'll see what happens on Saturday night. What's up, Ian? Everybody check out the uh, detail on Kelvin Banks' mom on the website. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, there's a, They have some some health issues for Kelvin Banks' mom. There's an opportunity there to donate to help the family. Texas's hands are tied as a university for, you know, correct NCAA reasons, but individuals that are fans of the program do not have their hands tied if you want to be. Involved. And we have that, we have that on Inside Texas right now. Um, you can go over to Inside Texas and, um, and, and find your way to the GoFundMe for uh, Kelvin Banks' mother. She's had uh, some health issues this senior year. Uh, had a couple of surgeries and she's fallen ill and still in Oklahoma following the Oklahoma State game. So that's a great point, Ian. Thank you very much. Um, And for everybody, we'll talk to you again Saturday night after uh, the Texas TCU game. I think that'll be Bobby Burton and Rod Babers. It could be myself and Rod Babers. We'll see how Bobby's feeling. Uh, Until next time, hook him. Well, Bobby.